Hello and welcome to Mallow Street. I'm Sandra Wolf, editor at Mallow Street, and with me is Celine Lee, who's a principal and senior investment consultant at Pub Consultants. Celine, I wanted to ask you about your career. You're an investment consultant now. Um, was that always what you wanted to be, or did you just slip into this career? And how did you decide to become an investor? <laughs> Yes, so um, I guess just like many uh, university graduates in my final year, um, I was looking for, for a job or any job. I, I had in mind that I wanted something with a structured uh, kind of professional qualification. Um, interestingly, my old school friend said to me, well, why don't you go and try this um, company? Um, it's called uh, Training as an Actuary. So I applied and, uh, and here I am. Uh, started out live as, as a trainee actuary some over 20 years ago. Um, and at the beginning of my career, uh, I, I kind of um, embrace all sorts of different types of work. So from um, building asset liability, modeling to coming up with flexible benefit structure and so on. And some years later, uh, uh, this is where I am. <laughs> right. And was it difficult to enter this field? Um, I think, to be honest, I, I, for me, it, it probably wasn't. Um, I applied to various uh, organisations. Um, and I mean, looking back, I mean, today, you know, we run graduate programmes uh, uh, for, for, for new hires. And, and I think at the time, what, what employers are, were looking for and probably still are looking for is simply, you know, people with a, with a good degree. Uh, people who are proactive, um, enthusiastic, um, and 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 you know unafraid to put in the hard work to to go somewhere, and I think those were kind of the, the qualities I had at the time. I, I was a pretty enthusiastic individual and still am, and and I was lucky enough to to be offered uh, a, a graduate program uh, with one of the actuarial firms. Mm -hmm. And and what do you actually do as an investment consultant? Maybe you can explain that. A <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, I'm still trying to explain it to my mother after many years. <laughs> um, I mean, as an investment consultant, a lot of people sort of, you know, hear the title and think, oh, well, it, you, you must know what's going to be the best uh, returning asset next year. I mean, in reality, the, the, the nature of, of the job is, is much broader and, and deeper than, than that. Um, assets is only one side of the equation. I think that's where uh, the actuarial skill set comes in. Uh, a lot of it, the assets is just the means to manage uh, the liabilities at an end. And uh, apart from the sort of risk return spectrum that typically investment professionals would think about, on top of that, um, we have to think about uh, the liabilities of the institutional entity, and in this case, often defined benefit pension schemes uh, or designing um, uh, default. Uh, uh, investment strategy for, for DC schemes and here we need to think about sort of the liability hedging program, we need to think, think about the cash flow matching strategy, we need to think about the different stakeholders that might may have different opinions. So the, the nature of the role is really quite, quite far and wide from technical up to uh, more people skills. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And are we, are we talking about just one uh, type of investment consultant or are there different fields of investment consulting? Yeah, so personally I operate in 
uh, mostly in the uh, pension scheme de defined benefit and defined contributions uh, world. Indeed, there are insurance uh, actuaries who, who uh, operate in a uh, investment arena, but looking at liabilities in an insurance uh, companies. Um, and I sometimes cross paths with, with those professionals. I find their ideas quite interesting. There's a, a bit of overlap. And of course, plenty of investment professionals who work in the asset management industry, uh, be it uh, uh, acting as investment uh, uh, portfolio specialist, uh, or indeed some of them are uh, multi-asset uh, portfolio managers. So I've come across a spectrum of um, actuaries who operate in the investment arena. Mm -hmm. So is it mostly actuaries that become investment consultants or are there other paths to that profession? Uh, no, so um, I, actually in my uh, day job uh, I come across a, a range of, of, of uh, professionals within the investment industry. So you might have uh, 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 CFA qualifications and indeed people who are uh, deeply uh, involved in modelling. So so they haven't got titles as such but they're actually you know phds and 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 uh, people who do uh, very detailed and, and challenging uh, modeling work that that i have come across i think that's why that that's what makes investment consulting from you know the way i see it a, a very interesting subject because in some ways you can't be labeled somebody you know you, you're not an actuary or or a cfa you have to actually know a very wide spectrum uh, uh, of, of things that are going on, on in our world in order to, to do our job. If I think about you know, the, the way I operate my every day in the morning, the first thing I do is uh, look at all of the market data across equities, bonds, commodities, and so on. Um, flick through all the headlines. And that gives me a feel for what my day is likely to be. <laughs> if it's going to be a lockdown, then I know my day is going to be extraordinary. Um, in addition to, to my uh, uh, sort of ordinary jobs. Um, and, and it can be very surprising because, you know, market events uh, unfold unexpectedly at times and we have to act very, very quickly. Um, and that's the kind of skills that you don't really um, necessarily learn at the university. There's no university course that tells you this is how what you need to know. You just have to know and be very aware of your... Uh, events that are going on around the world. Yeah, yeah. And and you've mentioned a few times now that the spectrum of your role, um, both in technical terms, but also in terms of having both technical and people aspects. Um, is that something you like about your role? And is there anything that you have ever missed in it? Um, yeah, I, I think when I explain to people that, you know, I'm an investment advisor, um, perhaps people see more of the investment side, but less of the people side of it. But in reality, of course, one of my key role as an investment advisor to an institution is to get often a group of people, a group of trustees, uh, sponsors, uh, to come to an agreement how to move forward um, and, and make investment decisions as a as a group. And uh, the challenge there is uh, really inevitably when you have a group of people, they will have different uh, points of views. Uh, they will have a conflict of views as well. And my job, the way I see it, is to make sure 
and help my clients to make the best decision given a particular situation. And there's often no right and wrong, lots of things in, 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 in this space is quite gray, but ultimately is ensuring that we make, we help them to make the right decisions. And I find that uh, has been a skill that I was unexpectedly uh, kind of gathering o over the years, just learning how to read, you know, body language, read signs when people agree or disagree. And it's, it's very subtle. Uh, it's the little, you know, movement in the face that you, you understand that people are perhaps uncomfortable and then you work with them to get to a place where we can make good decisions uh, on, on investment matters. And that's one side of the of the the people uh, side because you know inevitably uh, investment alone is a very cold technical point, but making decisions is all about human beings. We ultimately need people to make decisions. The other side is actually uh, managing uh, the team internally to to deliver to our clients. Um, in our line of work, there's often huge amounts of uh, deadlines. Is always quite. Uh, stressful for, for all sorts of reasons and m motivating the team to deliver uh, for our clients time and time again day after day month after month um, that I think uh, is also another element of you know leadership where uh, you have to keep encouraging the team uh, uh, to deliver to the best of their ability so I, I, I think if I look back I find myself relatively surprised that actually my job uh, uh, involves a lot about uh, people rather than just technical. Yeah, okay. And, and people aspects, they can be um, at times very frustrating and at times extremely satisfying. What, what do you think um, is stronger for you? Um, I, I, I would probably say in general, if people have to describe me, they think of me as a more of a technical person. Um, I must admit, as, a, as an individual uh, uh, growing up, I don't ever see someone as either a technical person or a people person. I think they are skills that we have to work towards and improve. And so, um, you know, I'm always still improving uh, myself in terms of technical ability and understanding there's always new things to to learn about and know about uh, to understand how that might affect the client situations and how new things happening in the world um, might change our views on on investment matters um, on the other hand I think the people side um, I and, uh, and I must admit I'm you know I have continuously learned about uh, dealing with people um, and go between the sort of the spectrum, sometimes I'm sort of more cuddly, if you like, and sometimes less. And actually learning how to flex my own personal style to achieve effectiveness uh, ha has been a very enjoyable journey uh, for me. And indeed, you know, varying the degrees of vulnerability that you feel as a human being as well. Um, it, it, it has also been an interesting journey for, for myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, you mentioned vulnerability. Does that? I can imagine. Is it sometimes uh, quite difficult to speak to a group of sceptical, perhaps sceptical trustees uh, as a single individual and try and convince them of your <laughs> your advice? Yeah. Um, my my. I mean, my approach um, 
and yes, people can be difficult, uh, particularly when you have a group of individuals uh, who may not necessarily agree. Um, the way I, I, I always, and this is kind of through years of working with clients and trustee group, is that I always go in um, making the assumption uh, that people come from a good place, whatever their views might be. Um, and I think it's 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 a uh, you can go you know, maybe naive, but I, I I think giving people the benefit of the doubt that we all come from a good place, um, and then it's just somehow understanding their own experience, what they're thinking, um, in order to get them to agree. To me, that's a very interesting challenge, and when you can get there, uh, it's an amazing experience. Um, uh, to get a good outcome from that. Mm -hmm. and, and you said you're continue, continually learning still. Um, has anyone helped you with that or during your career to come to where you are now? Yeah. Um, if I look back, I think in my uh, earlier uh, years in, in, in my career, um, as a youngster, I used to go to meetings and I, I you know, when I was the bag carrier, if you like, <laughs> Um, I used to work with a, a, a number of a very wide range of absolutely uh, outstanding advisors, I would say. Some of them have now uh, retired. And I must admit, I think the, the experience, uh, when I look at every single one of those uh, consultants, they were all brilliant in their own way. And having the uh, uh, very good fortune of uh, sort of seeing them in action and learning from different people, I think has really benefited um, my own career. Uh, really is kind of learning from the best. Uh, I won't name uh, those people. <laughs> and, and as of, you know, now one day you, you are uh, sort of the lead advisor yourself. Uh, what I find is quite important uh, personally is to have the discipline uh, uh, to self-critique. So when I uh, walk out of every meeting, I still come out and reflect on uh, people's reaction, to what extent they agree or disagree, uh, things I could have presented or said differently. Uh, and this kind of continuous learning, you know, self-learning, um, I find really important. It's really putting a mirror in front of yourself and being honest about where you've not done as well as you should and then uh, not be upset by it, but do better next time. And the continuous effort to do better next time uh, is it, kind of the, the, the rock in, in my career. Mm -hmm. And uh, you mentioned earlier that you learned from people when you were still junior. Is the job still the same from compared with those days? Or how has being an investment consultant changed? Since then? <laughs> um, Oh, <laughs> it's the same and different uh, at the same time. Um, I think if I look back, the impression, I mean, I don't remember every single event, obviously, um, but the impression that I have was that, you know, early on in, in my career, it was pretty hard. Um, the demands on, on um, graduates and trainees having to study and work at the same time uh, was extremely uh, challenging. Um, when when I qualified, um, I, I didn't think or assume that you know life was going to be easy from then on. And then, of course, you you go through a different stage in your career, and it was a different kind of hard. 
um, today, I guess I, I, I look back and think, um, I still find my job quite challenging. Every time I meet a new uh, set of clients, trustees, new colleagues, uh, it's always a new experience because people are, are always different. Um, and, and I find myself in a very lucky situation that both in terms of the technical side, the, the people side, I'm, I'm still having to find myself uh, having to, 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 to uh, overcome challenges in, in a good way, I think, you, you know, the, the, the reason for doing what I do and being in this field is that I feel continuously challenged. Yeah. And, and you said it's, it is quite a challenging field and it's, it's, you also mentioned a stress once or twice. Um, how well can your job be combined with family life? Oh, uh, <laughs> with difficulty, but <laughs> I am... Uh, I'm going to say uh, I'm, I'm probably one of these lucky lucky people. So I, I do have a, a young young child, um, uh, but I, I have very good childcare arrangement um, in place. Um, and when I decided to to have a family and and have 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 a child, um, I was pretty determined that my work life was going to maintain as similar as possible uh, as before my. Uh, family came, came along um, and I, I think luckily I, I've been able to to do all of that um, but I'm definitely not one of those kind of uh, women who, who want to have it all because I think actually uh, the credit probably goes to my husband who also holds down a, a, a very busy stressful full-time job and, and he puts in as much work as I do uh, to to support the family um, so I think when we, you know, the focus often is talked about sort of working women and, and raising a family. And to, I think we often don't mention the men uh, who are uh, very, very involved with family. So I think the relationship has been very 50-50, uh, which allows me to continue uh, as, as close to before as, as possible. So I think it's definitely um, more than doable um, and in, indeed, I, I find myself coming across um, many women in the investment asset management industry uh, who equally have to, you know, do more than a full time job as well as look after family and so on. So I'm by no means the, the only one. Uh, but when I do meet those women, I, I find it a very refreshing uh, experience to be able to share uh, how we manage all of, uh, juggle all of, all of these things at the same time. Yes, yeah, it must be very demanding. Um, um, on the whole, how would you say, how good is the, the sector, the investment consultancy, consultancy sector in terms of diversity and inclusion, not just with women, but in general? Yeah, yeah I, um, sometimes when I read the headlines about diversity, I do kind of think about our own industry. I think in terms of the investment industry, and this is just my 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 from my own experience, I think different people will feel differently. Um, is that on, on a day-to-day -day basis, um, I am personally a, a little bit sort of um, gender blind and, 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 and color blind anyway, but I don't find that the industry is particularly biased towards any uh, uh, race or, or gender personally. Um, my working life is, is fairly balanced uh, in, in my view. 
Um, where I do find that sometimes on the more uh, uh, gender side is that when I <laughs> turn up to uh, 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 see my clients, I often find more so than I kind of realize um, that I'm often the only woman in the room <laughs> when, when I turn up to client meetings. So I would say actually, interestingly, you know, people might have the impression that in the investment industry, uh, it's quite gender biased towards men, which I haven't found to be the case uh, in my experience. Whereas actually when I'm advising clients that are often you know, operating in particular sectors and industry, um, uh, perhaps co coincidentally, uh, but definitely more than 50% of the time, uh, I find myself being the, the uh, only woman in, in the room. Um, which is an mm. interesting observation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, the other thing I wanted to ask is, um, your role obviously has probably changed somewhat with COVID-19. I imagine you maybe not going to client meetings now. Um, <laughs> how, what other changes, how else has it affected your day-to-day -day job and, and your sector as a whole? Yes. Well, for one, I would have loved to have done this with you face to face, <laughs> in person. <laughs> um, so the COVID-19, you know, we are right in the middle of it. Very, very interesting challenge, isn't it? And so, so, many, so many speculation about whether it's we're all going to go back to normal and pretend nothing's happened or whether our world is, is going to completely change uh, going forward. Um, I, I'd probably share a couple of things. Um, at the beginning of this lockdown, um, the in in March and leading into April, um, it was it was really really unusual times. Markets were extremely volatile, uh, leading into almost a, a, a I call it a pandemic-induced credit crunch uh, in the middle of, of March, where credit wasn't buying or selling, um, and we've had to work pretty hard with clients. Uh, literally to 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 drop everything and uh, manage cash flow liquidity. Um, I, I had one client who was in the middle of a of a transaction, for for example. Um, so they they were very interesting times, and I think really bring out uh, the the human side in in, in us. Um, I mean, personally, during the, the that sort of first month or so, uh, I had to very quickly reorganise my life so that I can actually. Uh, help clients and continue to to manage the the day-to-day -day very urgent work um, that has now kind of fallen away um, and what I have found is that when I look back and look at our our team internally um, people have really kind of pulled together and continue to to deliver for for clients and I find that a very amazing quality. It's not in just one person, but in many people uh, that I work with, the resilience that people have. Um, and, and it's kind of quite contagious because I, I kind of look at other people as well. You know, every, every, everyone's kind of saying, okay, don't panic, let's carry on. And to be honest, we, we've seen this before, you know, when, when we had the unexpected uh, Brexit outcome. Uh, I still remember the next day, everyone was still in shock and recovering from the shock. And this is something I always tell myself, is that the world has to carry on. Everything must go on. Just because we have some sudden shock and we're right in the middle of it, sometimes it affects our own judgment because we think 
that this is going to carry on forever. Um, and it's actually those moments that's really important that we tell our colleagues, we tell our clients that things will get better. Um, they always do. And you have to have that optimism and that mindset uh, to uh, make sure that we carry on in a, a positive manner. And I think positivity uh, breeds positivity and that helps us to, to pull together and, and, and carry on uh, that way. And I, I, I have... Um, I have just observed that resilience quality in so many of my colleagues uh, in the testament that you continue to <laughs> uh, 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 interview people and, and uh, carry on with what we're doing. Uh, all of those things I think is just top human quality um, and it, it sometimes takes a bit of, uh, of a disaster to, to draw it all out uh, from all of us. Mm -hmm. and, and do you think COVID-19 will change us and the way we work yes um yes i mean it, it, it does make you wonder this is like a very very large experiment of uh, uh office workers working from home um if i sort of tackle that one and i think in the past i see companies some companies are take a more relaxed approach that you know we trust people to work from home and therefore you should and be have work-life balance and there are probably employers who are at the other end of the spectrum where they think, oh, my goodness, if people aren't in the office, are they really going to work? And I think we've all been forced into uh, this particular uh, experiment, not by choice, obviously. <laughs> um, and, and so far from what I can see, and, and, and this is really just looking at you know, my own colleagues, uh, other uh, uh, third parties or clients that we have touch points with, um, and from what I can see, everyone is doing uh, business as usual, as far as, as they can. And I do wonder if the experiment is that it can work, uh, what is it going to mean for us uh, in the future in, in terms of work? Um, one thing's for sure though, um, I think uh, video conference social contact is not quite the same as face-to-face -face, uh, social contact. So there are, when I say there is no difference, you know, business as usual, um, we are very conscious to make sure that, you know, when we run meetings, it is essential uh, uh, business discussion, making sure things are not too long because there is a, there is a limit how far people can, can have meetings uh, uh, via video conference. Um, it, it is a different uh, environment. So I think it will change, but will it be, a complete change to to our future world um like i said you know you can build the best modeling and best machines and ultimately decisions are made by people um and and i think that the social contact um it's hard to to replace because we are we are built that way mm -hmm. social animals um and but if you had the power to would you change anything about the way the sector works or the pensions works, maybe because of the lessons learned from COVID? Um, I think the, the industry as a whole, um, probably not, not so much about COVID, um, the industry as a whole, I think, um, in the press anyway, I think often, uh, 
pensions, when we talk about pensions, suffer from, um, I'm going to say, bad press. You know, you get COVID-19 and the first thing you get a lot of is pension scams, for example. Um, and, and, I, and I think the, the, the uh, pensions industry sometimes get a bad name uh, as a result of, of these kind of related uh, bad press that are out there, frequent changes on regulations, uh, minor tweaks that you know sort of create additional compliance burden on either employees or, or trustee, uh, etc. I think if I have a kind of magic wand, if you like, would be actually to um, have a system um, for us to actually step back and really think about uh, what is the best way to encourage people to uh, think about savings. Uh, managing their finances and, and so on. And pensions is only one angle of it, you, you know, um, uh, and, and help individuals uh, to, to think about financial planning in a, in a broader sense. Um, sadly, I think in, in, the, in the UK pension industry, we probably uh, try and tweak it and fix it one too many times. And, 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 and so uh, sometimes the trust is, is not always there uh, from the public. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, lastly I wanted to hear from you um, if you'd give any tips to young people who are studying or have just started working and are looking at the pension sector perhaps yeah. reading some of the things you've just mentioned yeah um, in, interestingly I, I um, as, a, as an actuary I, I, I also sit on the um, Finance Investment and Practice Board for, for the profession. And one of the things they do is often, you know, having kind of benefited from being a, a, a qualified professional and have a career, uh, we put a lot of effort into thinking about how to position ourselves to make sure that the new generation coming through uh, will continue to be relevant uh, uh, and, and give them the benefit of a, of a future career. And I'd probably say, um, I mean, for example, if I think about the exams that I had to take, the syllabus of what they now study is quite different from what I did, you know, 20 plus years ago. Um, so nothing is, is ever uh, static and we have to make ourselves relevant uh, to the world today and, and the future world. I would say it can be, when we look at change, it can feel daunting, uh, no doubt. Um, uh, for, for people coming into a new field or, or an industry. I think my advice would be uh, something I've never sort of forgotten is keep embracing knowledge, keep embracing doing new things, tick on challenges. Um, don't ask for the reward today. Just learn and try your best and the reward will come. It will just come naturally. We focus on reward too much in the near term, I think we miss the line of sight of the fact that when you enter and start your career, you're talking about many decades of a career. It may not be one career, maybe two careers or three careers, given that we're now all going to apparently live to 100 or something. Um, and being flexible and not be afraid of change. Um, one, of the, one of the key things I think um, and people often talk about, you, you know, if you don't ever change, then you miss out on opportunities. If you change all the time, um, uh, then you haven't got time to kind of embed uh, what, what, you, what you know. And I think that the, the skill set 
to make a decision about whether to change or not to change in itself uh, can can lead to very very different outcome and and I think uh, for for the young people starting in an industry I would say embrace learn um, and and it it will go well and and trust that um, the world works in the right order and and things will just go well Great. Celine, thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us. All right. Thank you for having me. Thanks. And if you want to hear more from people like Celine about their path to pensions and why they made it a career, go to mallowstreet.com.